3: Bully's back after the international break, and so are we. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Total Saints podcast. My name is Martin Stark, and each week I'm joined by our panel to reflect on all things Southampton Football Club. Coming up this week, reaction to the West Ham game. A look ahead to the small matter of Manchester City away next week. Plus, we launched the Total Saints Icons Store. Listen out for an exclusive competition and your chance to win money to spend in the new online shop. Once again, a big welcome to our resident Saints panel, owner of Saints Web, Steve Grant. How was Wembley last weekend, Steve?
4: It was, I mean, it was about... It was- about as good as you could expect for what was essentially our second team against a team who were never really gonna get out of their own half for the mo- for the majority. It was all right. Uh weather was good. That was it was that was a good day, I thought.
3: And and no COVID this time?
4: Uh no. I mean I'd have I'd have been <laughs> particularly lucky to have uh, to have got it twice in the space of two months. <laughs> uh, also joining us
3: is writer of the blog League One Minus Ten, Glenn Delacour How's your week been, Glenn?
2: It's been alright What have I done? I've done some football stuff I've, I refereed a game last week And got roundly abused for 90 minutes Good Body opposition um, And uh, and today I didn't have to referee So I went back to my normal role Of standing on the side Shouting at the referee So, um, yes, yeah, so I'm a massive <laughs> hypocrite there <laughs> but, but there you go So that's kind of... Uh, that's uh that's been the football activity for this week. I um I watched all the England games and um I, sometimes I feel like I'd just rather punch myself in the face for 90 minutes um than than sit through these some of these qualifying games, but uh, it is what it is. We have to play them and uh and yeah, we're uh, we're obviously going to uh, get through to the uh, the uh, much anticipated World Cup in uh, in the human rights abuse zone.
3: It's uh, it's all looking good for Qatar and uh, Dan Sheldon can't be with us this week so off the subs bench and playing for the first team it's a warm welcome back to the TSP founder Ben Stanfield. Thanks for stepping in Ben how are you? Yeah no worries Martin That's nice to be back on the pod. I, I was pleased to hear after the last few weeks you
5: didn't call it expert panel today bearing in mind that uh, I'm here but uh, yeah i I've got to say just quickly I think it's Dan's anniversary isn't it so I'm sure alongside everyone else listening I think it's nice to know that uh, whilst many of us think romance is dead that uh, Dan's willing to spend the evening with his slow cooker and uh, you know reminisce about the good times
3: they've had he's booked a table at Nando's in West Quay. <laughs> um, how are your family about you being back on the pod, by the way? Is this okay? Did, did it go down well? It is, yeah. We've done
5: an early bath time tonight. Everyone's having a bedtime story as we speak, so I'm obviously trying to whisper. Um, yeah, when I got the call, I was sort of thinking, oh, brilliant, we're going to be talking about Mikel Antonio overpowering our defence again and then preview Man City, so I can't wait to get back. So at least one of those hasn't happened, Martin, so that's <laughs> a positive.
3: <laughs> uh, as always, a big thank you to all our patrons who are listening around the world. Uh, we've got plenty to get through, so welcome to episode 167 of the Total Saints podcast.
2: This is the Total Saints podcast with Martin Stark, Steve Grant, Glenda LaCour, and the Athletics' Dan Sheldon.
3: So let's start with the weekend's game, shall we? A point at home. So a good West Ham side isn't a bad result. But the big question is, should it have been more? Ben, I think you described parts of the game yesterday as turgid. On reflection, is that fair? Are you happy with the result? yeah I think um you've got to take the result in isolation, I think haven't you um
5: I think we probably would have all taken a draw against West Ham before the game kicked off, as um Glenn was just saying before we started recording. you know they're a good side, they're in good form, you know we could have won it towards the end. I think bridge uh, looked brilliant when he came on, didn't he had a, a great couple of opportunities, but I've got to say you know it'd be interesting to Glenn and Steves you, but that first seventy five minutes I thought was pretty turgid as uh, as I said you know it was uh, wasn't much enjoyment around from both sides so it was a pretty poor game, wasn't it and um you know in the end you come away thinking we could have won it in the end. You know, you think sometimes you could have lost it. Uh, obviously, there was the controversial Antonio breakaway at the end, but I think all all set aside, Martin probably would have taken a draw before, and it's something to to build on and move forward. And that's three Premier League games unbeaten now, isn't it?
3: Is that something you agree with, Steve? Same for you? First seventy five minutes a bit dire. Um,
4: no, I, I actually quite enjoyed it as a contest. I mean, it, there weren't there certainly weren't like sort of loads and loads of attempts attempts on goal, but you could see that both sides were trying to. Trying to attack when, when they had the opportunity. It was just that actually both sides midfield were really strong. I mean we went with an extra man. El Nusi played more centrally um yesterday than he than he's been doing all season and we went with the extra man in midfield because I mean, their their centre midfield pair, pairing of Rice and Socek is arguably one of the best in the league. And I mean, Socek barely had a kick aside from aside from one kind of attempted header. Well, I think he had one header that kind of looped onto the top of the top of the net, but didn't wasn't really uh, challenging us much. Rice had a good game, I thought, for them, but he was he was good in kind of unthreatening areas for us. So I think kind of just both teams cancelled each other out to to an extent until the last fifteen minutes where it got a bit stretched, we changed changed our approach a little bit, got got Brozier on there who was who's more of a sort of run at people, whereas Armstrong wants to wants to run the channels. And all of a sudden we got them got them going the wrong way, sort of back towards their own goal and, and caused caused them some real problems and, and a little, little bit of luck, maybe a maybe slightly better finish. Mm. Maybe being hypercritical there with Brozier's effort, but maybe then we come away with a with a one 0 win and uh, I mean, I don't think, I don't think you necessarily say that a win would have been
2: undeserved in, in the circumstances. Were you happy with the point yesterday, Glenn? I guess so. I mean, with, with regards to the way we played, I think there were a lot of positives from the way we played. I mean, we've been we've been crying out for Ralph to be more sort of tactically flexible and and not do the same thing every single week. And, you know, and we saw that. They, they'd obviously, we defended a lot deeper, but the downside of that was is that we were trying to attack from a long way away. You know, there were no ball wins high up the pitch, which has been the, the sort of mantra since Ralph arrived, so there wasn't any of that, and we were trying to build from from um, from very deep. And that most of the problems seemed to be that we couldn't string three passes together a lot of the time. And um, We just seemed to give the ball away so often, and certainly in the first hour. But again, as, as Steve said, it might be just the you know their midfield cancelling cancelling out, or the you know the midfield's cancelling each other out, sort of thing. Yeah, over, overall, I think the end just the ends justified the means. We, we got a point, which you know, like with the game against away at Newcastle. You, you come away thinking, yeah, we maybe should have won that. We made sort of slightly heavy weather of it, but th- this is another game, West Ham, where we don't tend to get much out of it um, in, in normal seasons. And um, you know, the the, the, the plan that, that Ralph had it certainly nullified the threat of Antonio to the extent that he um, he lost his rag and got himself sent off. So um, so that that certainly worked. But uh, I think with maybe a little a little bit more ambition, a little bit more quality. Um, we we could have won it. The only the only issue I have really with the um, with the with the team selection was that Adam Armstrong does not look like the sort of player. He, he's on the face of it, he looks the least suitable out of the three strikers that we've got to play as a lone front man. Um, I didn't think that 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 worked particularly well. But um, but yeah, Brozier certainly made a difference when he came on. So uh, yeah, some some positives to take out of it.
3: How surprised were you, Steve, when you saw the team sheet and uh, trying to work out what the formation was for yesterday? It's something that we weren't really expecting.
4: I guess I kind of wasn't all that surprised with who we'd left out just because of the international break and where there's been... Some of them have played three games in a week, the last of which was on Wednesday. Um, So there's always likely to be a bit of fatigue there and you weren't sure whether they do 90 minutes or even probably 60 or 70 from the start. So I think most of the most of the selections kind of made sense. And I th- I think I kind of expected Redmond to basically play play as a second striker, but actually no, he him and him and El Yanusi play quite central behind um, Armstrong. But the problem with that was that I mean as Glen Glenn said, I think Armstrong complete completely agree that Armstrong is the least suited of um of the three for playing as a lone frontman. And yeah, I mean he he didn't didn't get an awful lot of the ball. Um, we didn't really get into areas where his movement would prove useful. So that was that was probably the only the only kind of disappointment, I suppose, from from the game. I thought the other selections were were kind of what what you would expect. I think um, Perrault actually had a had a good game at left back. I thought yeah he did uh, coming back in. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that dynamic works in terms of whether are we going to basically just rotate between the three fullbacks at various times and not really worried and basically do it based on combination of, of form and fitness or whether, or whether there's going to be specific plans for specific opponents. Cause it was, it was noticeable that Antonio spent a lot of the game out wide because he was clearly getting no change from Salasu and even Stevens was, was roughing him up at times, which, which was bizarre to say the least. And so Antonio ended up out wide all the time and they were getting into good positions out wide and then having nobody to put the ball in the box to. So from that, from that perspective, defensively it worked everything kind of worked really well slightly concerned by slightly ropey performance from romeo and kind of kind of another kind of almost non-existent performance from war Prowse. he was wasn't really involved in the game at all apart from um the handful of corners that we got that's a slight concern given that we've just given him a new contract on 100 grand a week
3: well, it was a slightly different role yesterday, wasn't it? And we've talked about Ralph adapting and, and changing his formation. It took us a while, I think, to work out. We were probably playing, what, four-one-four-one yesterday with James ward stepping a bit um, further forward. Do you think it'll make a return, Ben? Do you think um, this is a new, a new Ralph that we're seeing who's not afraid of, of changing things and mixing things up? Yeah, well, I think we've spoken
5: a lot on the pod, haven't we, um, you guys, this season? And recently, uh, I think you mentioned it in the first one, Martin, about really struggling to understand what Saints' identity is, you know, how you would explain them to a team at the moment. And I think maybe that's, uh, it. can be taken as a bit of a positive as well and that, you know, we've been stuck with this four-two-two-two, and it seemed like that was literally all we were going to do. And actually, through, you know, I think, a bit of criticism through constructive questions from journalists and things like that I think Ralph has started to understand that maybe he does need to be a little bit more adaptable with the players that he's got I think as Steve sort of said there you know he's obviously tried to to go with a a team lineup that he's essentially been working with for two weeks during the international break you know bar maybe Gianepo and Livermento most of those players have been sort of in and around the squad with him so yeah I I, you know I suppose as, as different games come up and Glenn used the word earlier that I I can't agree with more, which is ambition. You know, I think I think that's four wins in twenty five games now in the Premier League, and games like West Ham. You know, maybe a bit slightly different to when Wolves come along in a couple of weeks. You want to see a bit more attacking ambition, and maybe he'll need to adapt his formation for that. But look, you can't argue it works yet. Yesterday, I, I thought the back five were brilliant to a man. You know, Salasu and uh, Stevens particularly keeping Antonio quiet. That's our. First clean sheet, I think, since we played West Ham December last year. So I think you've got to sort of add those little blocks up and say, look, it was a positive step in the direction. And from a, a tactical point of view, you know, Ralph will argue that he's he's come away with a, a positive
3: result and done the right thing. So it meant that Kyle Walker-Beaters and Shay Adams um, dropped out the starting
2: lineup. Is that fair, do you think, Glenn, or did they find themselves unlucky? Um, I think Kyle Walker-Beaters is ridiculously unlucky not to be playing. Um, and I, I do find it a bit of a worry. I mean, I heard a story not so long ago that Everton was sniffing round him. On the last day of the um, of the transfer window, and if I was him, I'd be really fed up. And it's just a case it's just a case of how patient he is um, he is likely to be. Obviously, you can't really do anything until um, January if you uh, if you're really fed up. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting one because he he has basically been left out, having done absolutely nothing wrong whatsoever. Um, I mean, you could argue that we've we've signed a better player in his position. You could argue that. Mm. I don't necessarily think it's true right now, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I think I know Dan's been beating this drum, and and I have as well. I think yesterday, if you'd have had Walker Peters at right back and Livermore on the right wing, then that looks to me like a better lineup. But uh, Ralph doesn't seem to want to try that one as yet. But yeah, I mean, Che Adams, he 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 does seem to be a player that falls out of favour with Ralph relatively quickly. It seems like every international break. He, uh, even if he only plays 10 minutes for Scotland, he uh, he seems to get left out the game after. But uh, I, gu- I guess there's reasons for it. I think, we, you know, just to add to Ben's point, Ralph is being more flexible this season. He's got the squad to do that. Last year, almost, we had 11 undroppables because we didn't have anyone to put in. So this year, I think there will there will be more horses for courses um Selections, and uh, we're gonna have, we're gonna have more to talk about, and uh, and maybe I should learn from that, and 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 not tweet as soon as I see the team line up and get angry about it, because you know there's there there seems to be, I mean I was like Steve, I just thought oh Redmond's playing up front, what's all that about when we got two strikers on the bench, but of course that that turned out not to be the case so um I just yeah. assumed
5: he dropped in Glenn because he played the role in obviously Scotland beating Austria during the week and he wanted to teach him a lesson, <laughs> to,
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, don't, I don't think Ralph cares too much about uh, about the Austrian national team to be honest
3: so, so last season we were talking about the fact that we didn't have a decent bench there weren't the people to bring on this season we know that the club were very keen to get two decent players for each position so we now have that that means the likes of Carl Walker-Peters and Jan Bednarek will find themselves unlucky to be out of the side so Does that mean we're going to have to learn to live with that speculation, Steve? And is that a good thing because it just means that we've got depth in the squad?
4: Yeah, I've no problem with that. I'd rather we're in this situation than the situation a year ago where we knew that as soon as we were getting one or two injuries that we were basically screwed. So I can kind of take players currently out of favour not being happy because at the end of the day, you don't want players who are happy to sit on the bench and be, um, be a backup or be second third fourth choice in their position um you want them to be thinking okay well actually i deserve a place in this team and i've i've got to come up with a plan of how i how i prove that um so i think yeah i mean i, I other than our own personal opinions on who should be those players i kind of think there's it's it's kind of a win-win situation for the club really
2: i think most of the selections have been justified as well i mean Redmond came in and Redmond takes a lot of stick, a lot of it from me, but he, he kind of, he kind of, you couldn't argue that he didn't deserve to start after what he did he in was the Newcastle He game. was the
4: difference at Newcastle, wasn't he, in that last 20 minutes?
2: And, and so he gets, he gets a game this week. Okay, that's fine. I, I don't have a problem with that, but I will have a, I know next week's match to see, so it's a little bit different, but if it was a, if it was a normal game, I'd have a bit of a problem with him being selected next week because he didn't do it. On Saturday, he, he didn't. He didn't do anything much. So uh, I think that's the other thing that Ralph, either through you know his choice or by through necessity, he did a few times last season. Is that players kept getting picked who weren't doing well. I think if you've got a bigger squad, the, you know, someone like Nathan Teller, we sat on the bench looking at it, thinking, well, Redmond didn't play particularly well this week. Maybe I'll get a shout next week, and and if if that doesn't happen, then you could you can you know you're just going to make more players unhappy but it, you know it is what it is and it will, it will play out and uh, we'll have to see what uh, we will have to see what happens with it but yeah well, we we will have some unhappy players but the the you know, the other side of competition for places is of course it 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 makes you perform jack stevens has strung together three or four good games now he knows that if he doesn't do that we've got two centre halves sat on the bench who are more than capable of coming in so yeah more more power to jack stevens and hopefully he keeps going the way he is <laughs> And I think it's worth pointing out, Ben, that it does
3: change very quickly. If you look back at last season, for example, you're only ever one week away from a suspension or an injury. And then someone like Kyle Walker-Peters gets a a run in the team and, and the shirt's there for the taking.
5: Yeah, exactly, and I think Dan wrote a piece this week, didn't he, about Ralph trying to keep his squad happy. You know, that's what he needs to do in training is keep close to them, keep them motivated, keep them hungry. Um, I I I've got to be honest, I find it staggering that Nathan Teller has only played ten minutes in the Premier League for us this season. I think he had him stripped and ready to come on after ninety-five minutes yesterday, and he obviously didn't get on the pitch. So, you know, players like that, I I feel, and Stuart Armstrong, you know, I, I think someone we love on the pod, you know, we're clearly missing him as well. So, it's not just the bench, is it? There's three or four other players that are potentially Will Smallbone are going to be back in the squad soon. So that competition. Is, is there, isn't it? And you want players to be hungry and motivated and when they come on the pitch to, to yeah, as Glenn says, you know, they, to to keep the the shirt and want to sort of keep others out the side so um it will be interesting to see what happens and you know he's wanted a bigger squad for a while he's got that now now it's down to him to manage it effectively and get the best out of it
3: so let's break it down yesterday then let's start with the defense first then we'll come on to the attacks so i think we can all agree that actually a point and a clean sheet at home to a decent west ham team is a good result first premier league clean sheet of the season for the back four and alex mccarthy um a good clean sheet let's talk about the the partnership at the back with Sally Sue and and Stevens that is probably not the partnership you'd have picked at the start of the season Steve but it seems to be paying dividends now
4: yeah I mean it's, it's something we've we've discussed a fair bit in in the um Stevens is very clearly the organizer of that back four um he's the guy that that talks a lot and and can has a good reading of the game. And it, and this is this is the thing that frustrates me so much about him in all of his previous appearances for the club, is that he reads the game really well from a sort of overview, sort of almost a management angle, really, of being able to organise other players and tell them where they should be. And his problem has always been actually practising what he preaches and being able to get himself in the right positions and do the right thing um, each time. But actually the last two or three games, he's, he's been much improved on that front. And as we, as we've already mentioned, competition for places um, seems to be having the, having the desired effect because it's, it's forced him to up his game and yeah. And, and, and fair play to him for doing so. Um, I think Salisu, I think was probably the one that we, that we perhaps all thought towards the back end of last season, right? this, this guy is now getting himself up to speed with the level of the Premier League and all its sort of vague idiosyncrasies that single it out from, like, La Liga, where he's been before and, and things like that. And he's got himself into a position where he kind of knows knows his game and he knows what kind of what he's doing now. And I think he's the one that, assuming we can keep hold of him, um, I think he's the mainstay now going forwards. And it is... The other position that is that is potentially up for grabs, depending on performance, and um, I mean whether we wanted to go three at the back or or anything like that. Um, but I think Salisu is kind of inked in now, barring. Some kind of catastrophic screw up or or a major injury.
3: Well, Ian Wright was full of praise for him on Match of the Day last night, which is is good if they're bigging up one of our centre centre backs.
4: Well, it's it's a it's a good yeah certainly a good sign. And I mean, we've other than Vestergaard winning headers from opposing set pieces, we've not had an awful lot of um, defensive praise over the last few years. So um, that does suggest we we might possibly be turning a corner there. But let's uh, well, given who we've got. Um, next weekend, let's let's hold fire on on that on that particular swift judgment.
2: I think Jack Stevens has taken some lessons off of Prousey as well because there was he, he was when he had that wrestling match with Antonio out on the wing and ended up getting thrown over. He, he was I don't know if you saw his face. He was laughing his head off <laughs> when he was on the ground, like he he knew he was winding him up. <laughs> and I think that that was a major contributor to um, Antonio getting himself sent off later on. So it was almost like um, you know Prousey with Zaha that famous time so uh, yeah quite amusing so I like that about Stevens, and uh, I like the you know what he did with Bruno Fernandes against Man United as well you know basically getting in his face and telling him he wasn't the referee no matter how much he, uh, he'd he like to think he is I think that's a that's a good thing
3: he was definitely having a go at Salisu as well yesterday wasn't he Glenn I don't yeah. know if you saw that but yeah. like really like in his ear and, and bringing him on and he, he was telling him where he needed to be and having a go at ball watching and- yeah
2: that, that's exactly what happened um, Salisu sort of went over to cover Perro, but he left his man and and that was what i assume stevens was telling him but uh, yeah that was a, that was a very obvious one and you saw salasu probably wasn't particularly happy at being told um I'm sure there was some industrial language in there but uh, I think he understood and that the bottom line is is that they kept a clean sheet between them uh, backed up by the goalkeeper I have to say he made a couple of decent saves
3: well let's talk about the goalkeeper because on the first pod he wasn't necessarily everybody's first choice He's since signed the new contract with the club and I think he he, he did all right yesterday Ben um he, he earned his wages he did yeah you can't argue with that
5: performance at all um he Came and took a, a couple of corners, I think, with Antonio standing all over him, made a, a couple of decent saves, looked assured. Um, you know, I was listening to the, the few pods of the start of the season, and I have to say, I, I was very much in the Fraser Forster camp. I think just someone that, uh, you know, to me just builds a bit more confidence, but you can't argue when McCarthy performs like that. It's a clean sheet which will do him good. I think the thing I've always sort of felt with um, Alex McCarthy, particularly, um, you know, I played for 20 years as a goalkeeper. I think Romsey Town was the highest level I got, so I'm not really one to criticise Alex McCarthy, but it's just, you know, in terms of him communicating and kind of commanding his area that's always been the thing for me he comes across as a very quiet individual you know even when you hear him being interviewed he's a really really nice lad and you just I suppose you grow up watching the likes of Schmeichel that shout and scream at their defenders and you maybe want to see a bit more of that from him but yeah I I thought he did brilliant yesterday against a very very powerful and aerial side and uh, hopefully again will boost his confidence moving
3: forward ahead of a obviously he's going to be tested quite a lot next weekend I imagine well, yes, and we'll get onto that soon. Um, so defensively, all good yesterday. Maybe, if anything, a little too defensive. What we seemed to lack was a little bit going forward. And Glenn, when I saw that uh, Gineppo was starting yesterday, you were my first thoughts. I've got to be honest. <laughs> uh, I, saw, I hope he's all right. Um, he did. He does what? He didn't do anything to deserve to start yesterday, did he? We we talked about this last week. So I was. Just really surprised.
2: Well, he's a bit of a shambles at Newcastle, wasn't he? He missed two two absolute sitters at Newcastle, but I have to say I was very impressed with him yesterday. But oh, it was all about oh. his it was all about his defensive discipline. He was obviously given a job to do, which was to uh, track Soufal, the West Ham right back. And every time Soufal appeared in our half, Jinapo was with him. And he was obviously told to do a specific job and fair play to him. He did it. He did it for 90 minutes. He doesn't usually last 90 minutes. And so I I have no complaints because at the end of the day, if your manager tells you to do a particular thing, then that's what you do. And he, he did a job for the team. He obviously doesn't want to be doing that sort of work. He wants to be taking on players and doing 45 step overs and all that stuff. But he he was obviously told to to rein it in and and do a job in this specific formation that Ralph had hatched for this game. So, I have I have no problem with Ginopo's post performance on um, on Saturday, and and thought he did well. I'm making a note of that. That's episode one hundred and
3: sixty-seven. <laughs> well, you know, you, just
2: because someone's poor one week, don't mean they're great. They're sort of poor every week, does it?
3: That's true. Um, Steve, Michael Antonio obviously became West Ham's all-time top goal scorer in the Premier League. 50 goals, all eyes were on him yesterday, but we managed to to do a number on him and, and he left frustrated. So that was probably one of the, the biggest highlights for us yesterday.
4: A uh, very pleasant surprise. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I fully expected him to score at least once um, and to just completely bully us because he started the season really well, got the Premier League Player of the Month, I think, for for August and deservedly so i would i would would say but yeah we kept him very quiet um as i mentioned earlier we forced him out wide a lot and while he used while he obviously has played as a winger for probably the majority of his career i would i would say um he's been playing through the middle for the last year or two for west ham and has obviously succeeded um superbly through there and for us to get him out of what now is his comfort zone, and push him into into areas where he's kind of much less threatening. Um, now, um, it's testament to how how well we defended against him, and and the way the way that we set up, the way that we certainly when when we when we didn't have the ball, we were very um, very narrow. Um, so we were quite happy for them to get players wide. So Antonio went wide. You had Soufell as the right back getting forward on that side as well, and uh, Cresswell the left back and uh, ben rama was was pulling himself out out wide to the left a lot but none of them really managed to get any anything meaningful into the box and when they did it was kind of aimless because they didn't really have anybody busting a gut to to get in there to get on the end of it because the people that had gone wide were the ones you'd expect to be there um sochek was kind of hanging around on the edge of the area a lot of the time. He wasn't really getting, getting into the middle. And I I wonder whether, I don't know whether that was by design from their perspective, but it seems, I mean, it seems unlikely given, given West Ham's record against us and given, I mean, Moyes' own record against us is, is very good. And it's always been a case of, right, you've got one fast guy um, and a big man and you play, you play them kind of one off each other and you just attack saints with pace and power. And, they didn't really do it yesterday. And that's that's kind, I guess that's, I think, predominantly credit
2: to us, I think. I think it's usually West Ham and usually David Moyes. He he goes for the two up front approach against us, mm. doesn't he? Two right up top. Because I remember yeah. when they had Haller, they played Haller and Antonio up front against us. And we, we just crapped ourselves basically and just let them do exactly what they wanted to do. Um, and I was a bit surprised that Moyes didn't, didn't do that. I don't know if they've got another striker on the bench this season or not. But the the, the thing I took from, from that game was that I was surprised at how poor West Ham actually were. And usually we just, as I said, we just let them run riot. But it was really interesting because we were getting tight to Antonio all the time. He had a trampoline of a first touch, didn't he? Everything was awful. <laughs> He's bouncing off him. And, and Suchek was the same in midfield. He's another one that doesn't have a great first touch. And if if football's an easy going to play, if you've got loads of time, this is what I always say to the under 18s that I coach I could still play it now if no one closed me down but if someone <laughs> you know if there's someone in your face the whole time, the game suddenly becomes a lot dif- a lot more difficult and it's only the very best players that can really deal with that and and we made you know a, a very good player in Antonio look quite ordinary yesterday. Which was good to see. Um, A word for Armando Brogia. I think he sent
3: out a message that he's perhaps ready to start. What did you make of his performance yesterday, Ben?
5: Yeah, it was exciting when he came on. I mean, he definitely changed the game, didn't he? We we didn't really offer much until then. He, he did a lot of the, the sort of work himself almost as well. You know, the, the chances he created when he ran past Doug Bonner and then obviously that chance that hit the post and the header at the end as well. So he, he offers us something different, doesn't he, Um, in terms of height as well. And Glenn's talked a lot on the pod over the last few years and it's something that always has bugged me you know we never really replaced ricky and graziano and that sort of option that we had um shane long was obviously someone that we played as a bit of a target man but he kind of offers that uh, <laughs> as well you know in, in terms of you know someone that you could lump it up to glenn is what i mean and shane uh, long
1: not
2: um, even in the same sentence and, and in Tarsiano. terms of
5: in terms of broja you know i think um obviously he's someone that um you know will potentially give Ralph a different option coming off the bench but there, there looks to be a fair bit to his game you know he's obviously played in Holland last year in Eredivisie and, and done quite well and I think for me you know he, he looks like someone again who's hungry to kind of prove himself in the the Premier League Martin so yeah looks an exciting option obviously had a good debut down at Newport um, you know he's been doing well for the Albanian national team during the last couple of weeks so again someone that hopefully is growing into a role with Saints.
3: It felt to me, Glenn, that he lifted the atmosphere in the stadium a bit when he came on and he had that first chance and all of a sudden were thinking, we could nick this, this is there for the taking.
2: Well, he's a goal threat. I mean, Adam Armstrong is a goal threat normally, but he wasn't a goal threat at all yesterday. I don't even remember him having a shot um, because he was doing all his work sort of like trying to retrieve the ball and whatnot. But Brozier came on straight away and the first thing he did was burst past a Bonner on the wing and put that ball over that I think Ellie Nussi got tackled as the ball came over. Um, so he did something. He was just incredibly positive. And I kind of look at him in the same way that I look at Liveramento. The, the, the kid's definitely got something that we, we, you know, we, we don't have anywhere else. And I'm already looking at him thinking, he's only going to be here for a season. At best, we might get him on loan again next season. We've got to use him. He, he does look to have something you can see why Chelsea have decided they can do without him this season you know with the the, um, 100 million they've just um, put on Lukaku but he is going to be some player this boy Um, and having watched that yesterday I kind of figure that we need to uh, we need to use him as much as possible
3: and we've still got Stuart Armstrong to come back in so does he add that fluidity that perhaps we're missing in the midfield a bit there Steve
2: uh
4: yeah i think he's i mean he's probably the best at at doing that linking role i do worry that we kind of look look like we don't necessarily have someone else who can do that when armstrong has one of his many um fitness issues but yeah i mean he's when when he's available we've I mean, we've remarked on this over over the last couple of years we just look so much so much um sort of much better cohesive unit um from an attacking sense when when Stuart Armstrong is available, so hopefully this calf issue is isn't too long term. I mean, if he's if he could be if he could be fit for the uh, for the Sheffield United game, that might be useful. Uh, useful run out for him to give him give him seventy minutes in that game to start, and then if if he comes through that, then he gives us an option for for the league games. But yeah, I mean, I think that's that's probably the the one thing we're missing is that that little bit of linkage because um, otherwise we leave we leave our attacking players a little bit isolated and kind of left to fend left to fend for themselves to an extent, which I mean Brozier almost came up with the goods yesterday. I mean as as Glenn says, he he looks he looks a talent and um kind of one as as you say, make the most of him while we've got him.
3: Good to see Lianko on the bench as well. I don't know if you guys saw the picture of his shin pads yesterday that he was sharing on social media. A picture of his family on one and then the gorilla Um, which seems to be his his persona on the other one. He's absolutely mental. (laughs) He's going to be good value when we get to see him, I think. Um, We can't argue with that. He's going to break somebody.
4: (laughs) He is going to absolutely steam through somebody, isn't he?
2: I would have kept the gorilla thing quiet until I'd had a couple of decent games from a new club, (laughs) to be honest, because otherwise people are going to be putting a different animal in there if he's rubbish. Didn't Wesley Hoyt try to call himself a lion or something? couple of years ago and uh yeah that didn't really work out did it so uh no i i find it i find leonco's social media quite quite good value and 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 he's he's he is going to be entertaining but as steve says he's i think he's absolutely mental already But it's good to have those characters in the dressing room, right? We need those kind of people. So
3: on to Manchester City then, played four, won three, lost one. They've scored five goals in two games. What have you made of Man City and their start to the season, Ben?
5: Yeah, it's um, typical City really, isn't it? I mean, obviously they lost that first game at um, Tottenham. um, They never seem to do well at uh, Tottenham. But yeah, since then they've won both their home games 5-0, which is obviously a daunting prospect for us. Um, I think we, we all know what City are like. They've got great strength in depth they've got players like uh you know as bernard uh, bernardo Silva sorry showed at leicester but that can come in and uh, you know will again competition for places there is really really high so they'll probably go close to the title again this year i think liverpool manchester united obviously will be up there as well but there it, again it's not somewhere that we've done overly well over the years we've had decent performances there but we always sort of seem to come away with nothing so i, I suppose from a saint's point of view It's almost particularly from a defensive um, side of things to go out there and and kind of try and set up and perform like we did against West Ham. They're obviously going to create lots and lots of chances. But I think if we can try and frustrate and try and sort of show that solidarity, then we've got a chance. But yeah, it's going to be a tough day at the office. And I think if you get anything there, you know, you're probably
3: hoping that Saints play fantastically and City have an off day. How do we get something from that game,
4: Steve? Um, <laughs> can, best. can we get anything from that game um, call it call
2: it off for Covid reasons <laughs>
4: um, I mean we can weaker teams than us have gone to gone to City and got and got results but you've I mean ultimately when you go away to these these big sides the, particularly the ones who have got pretty much limitless resources you are relying on a little bit of luck them being slightly off it and pretty much ev- everybody from 1 to 11 or well Whatever squad numbers you're using, having having an excellent game and they and they and kind of the game plan works perfectly, and then maybe you you pinch something on the break for absolute shits and giggles, um, <laughs> which I mean, if 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 we if we went up there and won one nil, that be that would be just hilarious. It's one of those situations where you go into it; it's kind of a free hit, but also at the same time, while we seem to have. Developed a little bit of a, a little bit of self confidence in terms of the way that we're set up and the way that we the way that the different sort of working parts of the of the team are, are functioning together. Um, you want to go into you want to come out of that game without that self confidence having been shattered to pieces by another by. City um, going for a third five nil home win in a row. And if we go up there, we get done get done two or three nil, and 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 we've we've looked competent, but they've they've done their little pretty passing triangles and and somehow worked their worked their way to three tap ins from three yards, like as is their usual their sort of preferred goal scoring op- sort of operating. Then. Yeah, I mean you you can't kind of say, Okay, hold your hands up. We're beaten by the beaten by a side far better than us that costs like 650, 700 million pounds to put together. You can't compete with that. If we go up there and get done five, six, seven, then it's kind of a different it's a different conversation, I guess.
3: We'll do the score predictions in just a moment, but do we need them to be having an off day, Glenn? Is that how we get something from the
2: Etihad? Yeah, them having an off day is one thing, but there's so many things that have to fall into place to get anything up there. I mean it is it's basically, we shouldn't be on the same pitch as them, to be honest, with the amount that they've spent on their on their team. I mean, you think when we played Aston Villa last year, we were worried about Jack Grealish. We always thought, ah, Grealish is playing. He's their main man. We've got to watch him. Mm. And pretty much, if you kept him quiet, you stopped Aston Villa. It don't work anymore, does it? He's moved to Manchester City. If you keep Grealish quiet, they've got nine other players, 10, if you count the goalkeeper who, who can, uh, who can hurt you as well. So the, so much has got to go right to, to get anything up there. Um, I, I, th- I think it is a free kick, a free kick, edit that out, a free hit, <laughs> but you, you don't, you don't want to get smashed. Um, you know, we, we do get smashed on occasions. Um, and we don't want to go up there and do that. So keep it respectable and you never know. It's, it, it I always think these games are like ten minutes at a time. You get the, you get the ten minutes at nil nil. You've done your job. Now try and get to twenty, and the, and then hopefully, as Steve says, you can you can pinch something that you don't deserve later on in the game. That's that's the way you win. But it it is it is so difficult, and and unless we get another another Ralph defensive masterclass, and he comes up with a completely new plan, you know four centre-backs and four holding midfielders or something like that, then, uh, yeah, it's going to be a, a very tough afternoon.
3: It is a very valid point that you raised there, Steve, about the the age of the team and not wanting to damage their confidence too much. So, Actually, maybe, you know, a 1-0, a 2-0, we'll kind of go, all right, we went there, we did a good job. We don't want these young lads getting a hiding because that would be the worst possible result.
4: Yeah, I think you've got, to play, you've got to play the long game. It's a 38-game league season and ultimately you're not going to be able to um, I mean, as, as we've seen many, many times over the last however many years, um, you're going to lose games and we lose quite a lot of them. But if we can kind of minimise the effect of the games that we do lose, maximise the effect of the games that we win, uh, when we finally get round to actually winning a game, <laughs> um, then all of a sudden kind of your your sort of mental situation in terms of the confidence and and the interaction between everybody in in the squad is that much, but is that much more improved? And it, it just get, you can kind of write off a two nil defeat away at city and say, well, okay, we've, we've done all right. We've probably done all right there. Other teams, other teams will go there and lose six, seven, eights maybe. And if we, and if we don't, if we, keep keep it down then our goal difference isn't affected and that and that helps us later in the season when goal difference may be a factor in determining where we finish.
3: So team use then um, Ben do we change things? Who starts for you? I, I mean, was it'd a be big interest- sigh. Yeah, yeah <laughs> well it's, it's I mean the thing is we just don't know with Ralph do we? I,
5: I think you just don't know what team sheet is going to put out every week and I think we've said before you know it's, if we don't know then the opposition definitely don't know. Um, I, I, I suppose for me you know the thing is he will probably think the back five have obviously done a really good job um, against West Ham. So you would expect them to start, um, you know, I think we played up there last year. I think we have Ryan Bertrand at right back, didn't we? Something like that. It was a bit of a a bizarre one, but I I suppose, you know, you want them to be organized at the back and you want City to have to work for their, their goals, you know, should they come along, they're good enough to slice any team open. But I think for me, you you know, even last year we played well up there and I think we shipped five, didn't we? And two or three of them were pretty soft. So you kind of want to think about that, that back five, you know, working together to try and stop City, but. Yeah, I, I still, I don't like Gineppo on the the left, maybe for games like this and Al-Yanisi as well. So maybe Redmond will play. I, I would imagine that Shea might come back in to offer a bit more power up front as well. But it's it's, it's almost finger in the air stuff, Martin, is it? You just don't know who Ralph's going to go with and how he's going to sort of feel
3: training goes during the week. And is Wolves at home in the week after the more important game then, Glenn?
2: Definitely. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sure Ralph, Ralph will say that they're all important. I think he did say something to Adam Blackmore to um, to that effect, <laughs> that he just sees it as an opportunity. Every game is an opportunity. And that's, you kind of have to say that as a manager. But yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think the Wolves home game is, uh, is, is a more important one. But um, I mean, I think against City, you need to, I think this is a, this is a game where someone like Nathan Teller has to play on the wing, you know, to have some pace, to at least have some threat you know, breaking from that midfield. If we sort of camp five players there or four players there and, and Shea Adams or whoever is up front, then um, we're not getting out of um, not getting out of our half too often and, and even making their defenders think and then their defenders can just play as, as wingers. So it would be good to have some some real pace in that in that midfield to at least cause City to have to think a little bit. But yeah, back to the, the original question, I definitely think the Wolves game is more important.
3: Uh, So let's do score predictions then. Um, Steve, will we get our first win of the season at the Etihad? (laughs) Sorry, I
4: I, I try not to laugh as I said that. Uh, No, Um, but I don't think we'll be completely embarrassed. Um, 3-1.
3: Okay.
4: Ben? Ben? I'm going to go for
5: 3-0. I, I do worry where our goals are going to come from this season, particularly you know with Stuart Armstrong and players like that not around. Um, I know yesterday was the first Premier League game we haven't scored in, but you, you do sort of worry about Saints in games like this, where their chances are going to come from. So I think Saints will give 100%. I think they'll, they'll battle hard and you know perform like we want them to perform, but I think City will just be too good, Martin. So, yeah, 3-0, I'm afraid.
2: And Glenn? 2-1 uh, City. I think we'll cause them a few problems. would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. would be really nice.
0: Hi, I'm Ricky Lambus, and you are listening to Total Think Podcast
3: some big news this week because we're really excited to share the Total Saints Icons store. Now we partnered up with one of our Patreons, Alistair Alistair Downs, to create a unique range of Saints merchandise. Now each design focuses on an iconic moment of Saints history and there have been a few over the years. Uh, Lots of designs, lots of products to choose from and 25% of all proceeds are being donated to the Saints Foundation at the end of the season. Ben, I know this is something that you were keen to to get up and running and have been doing a a bit of work on in the in the closed season, but in the last few weeks and months.
5: Yeah, exactly. Al um, shared uh, a couple of images with, uh, with myself last year that we used for um, the pod that Glenn and I did with Laurie McMenemy. And then also when I spoke to Ricky Lambert, and uh, I, I suppose I was keen to sort of showcase his his work a little bit more because uh, he's a very talented uh, graphic designer that lives over in New York, um, born and raised in Southampton. And uh, we kind of had a chat with uh, him, myself, and Alex during the summer and said, look, maybe we could set up a bit of a store and try and promote um, some of his artwork. Um, so I know he's, he's got some great images on there. And um, we'll be sharing the links, obviously, through various media channels this week Martin but just a a good opportunity hopefully for Saints fans to maybe buy a you know whether it's a a sweatshirt or a a mobile phone case or something like that and uh, as you rightly said there we're keen not to just sort of drive it for profit Al's not either Um, we'd love to um, you know, give some of the money to the Saints Foundation so Greg and the team there can use it for, for good causes as well so yeah hopefully a good opportunity for Al to um, share some of his fantastic um, work and for us as Saints fans to be able to I've already got a mug somewhere that I bought as a sample before we put it live and uh, I'm enjoying having my uh, morning coffee out of that every uh, day so yeah fingers crossed it'll uh, go down well and I'm sure Saints fans
3: and patrons will support it well, we're also running a competition across our social media pages, so you can win a £30 voucher to spend in the new store. All you've got to do is like and share the post, and be sure to follow at Total Saints Pod uh, on the Twitter and on Facebook. So actually, you've got two chances to enter, because you can do it once on Twitter, and then you can do it on Facebook. Uh, the competition is going to run for one week, and we will announce the winner on the 20th of September. Um, some patrons' shouts. Um, welcome to new £20 Matt Letizier patron, Dave Ernsberger, who upgraded his membership this week. So uh, Dave joins uh, Colt Baker, Ed Busy and Phil Cook in the Matt Letizia tier. Nick Reed is our Francis Bonani tier member at the moment. And welcome to JP Hammond Cole, who joined the Bobby Stokes tier as well this week. Um, I must say there's international football at St Mary's on Friday as well. Is that one you'll be at, Steve?
4: Uh, no, I'm not going to come down for that because I've got an early start. Uh, Saturday morning, unfortunately, but I'll be uh, I'll watch it on TV.
3: This is the women's um, World Cup qualifier against North Macedonia um, at Southampton. I think the men's team played Macedonia at St Mary's, didn't they? A couple of yeah, years ago, correct. we
4: did. Yes, when uh, when I think Beckham and Gerrard scored, um, th- and the Macedonian fellow who ended up at West Brom scored direct from a corner. <laughs>
2: Wayne Br- Wayne Bridge played in that game, didn't he? he was still, uh, yes, he st- would have done. Yep, still a Saints player then.
4: Yeah, that was that was very much a um, home. Uh, home crowd pick, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. Am I right in saying it was two all as yes. well? Yes.
4: Yeah. 2-all, Right. Okay. Yeah, well, we've, I don't think we've beaten Macedonia at home. We played them three times, drawn drawn with them every time. They've they're an absolute pain in the ass.
3: I can imagine the lionesses will have a much better result on Friday night, anyway. So uh, that's so. Look yeah. out well, for some- Phil Neville's not a manager anymore. That'll yeah, help. yeah. <laughs> yeah that, b-
4: that bodes well. Yeah.
3: So. Look out for St. Mary's on the telly at the weekend. That's about it for episode 167. My thanks, as always, to Steve and to Glenn. Thanks for jumping on, Ben, this week. Much appreciated. No worries. Yeah, look forward to catching up with you guys again soon. Keep up the good work. Don't forget you can find out more about becoming a TSP patron. Just check out the website where you can become a Bobby Stokes tier member for just £5 a month. We're now on YouTube as well. You can find all the recent episodes of the Total Saints podcast on our channel there. Um, plus we'll have some exclusive live streams and clips coming up throughout the season. Uh, give us a follow. And um, wherever you get your podcast from if you're listening on apple podcasts we'd love a rating and a review as well and obviously on all the socials we are at total Saints pod and you can always get in touch uh, drop us an email via the website thank you for listening and have a great week